Derek Chisora started like a train but ran out of steam as Joseph Parker came from behind to, theoretically at least, reignite his world title hopes. But it wasn't a performance to put the other heavyweights on notice as Parker recovered from a first-round knockdown to outpoint a very tired Chisora by split decision. This is After the Bell, Mirror Fighting's boxing show. With me, Martin Dolman, with Barry Jones and with Declan Taylor. We're coming to you after another midnight decision. As I mentioned, Joseph Parker down after seven seconds of the very first round, but he rallied in the second half as Derek Soda once again outpointed uh, in a fight that he hoped would propel him onto bigger and better things. Earlier, Katie Taylor in Fight of the Night once again retained her four lightweight world titles with a narrow points win over big fight bridesmaid Natasha Jonas. Dimitri Bivol beat Craig Richards to retain his light heavyweight title. Chris Eubank Jr. in his first fight with Roy Jones Jr. outpointed Marcus Morrison over 10 rounds. It was a shock defeat for James Tennyson, who was stopped in the first round by Giovanni Straffon. And finally, wins for Johnny Fisher, Campbell Hatton and Scott Fitzgerald. As I mentioned, it is now the early hours or the early minutes of Sunday morning. But this was always a, a main event that could... I mean, there was a lot of talk in the week, actually, that it was going to be some sort of, you know, shootout done in a few rounds. It was guaranteed knockout. But it always struck me as a fight that could definitely disappoint, especially being the main event of a pay-per-view. And other than those first seven seconds, it didn't exactly ignite. No. Well, they, those people haven't seen um, Parker Box often. That's what I would say. And also some of Derek Chisora's most of his career because to be fair even though he's been in some wars a lot of his career as well has been swinging and hugging and and, and that's that's a heavyweight division you either get a, an absolutely fantastic fight or it's awful isn't there's very rarely anything in between and this wasn't a great fight to watch but it was typical of what was going to happen Chisora was coming on strong as, as we as we all, all thought predicted he would and having a success early on and then obviously as as, as he tired and his Parker got a bit of range then as the, as the fight slows down slightly. He gets picked off, and that's what happened. I think Parker showed in flashes real quality of work. But um, I think there's a massive gap between the two top tiers in the heavyweight division. There really is. It's a, it's a it's such a huge gap. It's almost like they're not even world-class. You know, you're talking about the top two, three, possibly four, and then everyone else at the minute. It's, it's just... Almost like a different sport. Now, some of these guys are because they haven't got to that level yet. But the people like Parker and Gisora who've been around there, you know, they're world level because that's what the, the, the climate dictates. But actually, they're, they're not. Or they shouldn't be. You know, they, they, I don't think their skill set or their engine or whatever they have in their makeup is, is really good enough to get them over the line up to, up to world class, in my opinion. Where you've got other people like... No, 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 Uzik who's still coming into the weight, and obviously Joe Joyce, and even people like Dubois, and and, and some of the other youngsters around the world, who Hergovic and the like, who are making their way. They're still having, they're still having their way to prove they're there yet. So you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. But these guys here now are hanging around, getting huge money, and just good luck to them. But they're not, they're not world class, and 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 that's just a, a, a sad fact, I think. It is remarkable. <laughs> it is remarkable, Declan, that the Barry's right. Not world class, but raking in presumably a nice seven figure sum for tonight. It's not, you know, as, as we mentioned before, it's now past midnight. 
not a great advert for for heavyweight boxing. Yeah, I don't know. I think the thing with Parker is that, like Barry said, he shows glimpses and he's clearly very skillful, but he's so he's a bit like Tyson Fury in that the way that he's so fleet of foot and he doesn't set his feet very often that he hasn't really got like big power for the division. So he couldn't really keep Chisora off him. Obviously, Fury is a different kettle of fish because he's much bigger, but he's the same in that often his career up until the second fight against Wilder, he hadn't really punched his weight sort of thing for a six foot nine guy that sort of size wasn't really knocking people down. It was because he was always on the move and never setting his feet like Joshua would, for instance. So I think Parker's always in always in danger of those sorts of fights there. Um, we were told that Chisora would bring the heat and he did. Fair play to him. He really did. He doesn't. He never stops coming forward, does he? But the longer the fight goes on, I guess his power fades as well. So you've got two guys that I, w- I agree with you, Martin. I saw this as a distance fight the whole time because you've got two guys with not incredible power between them. Um, I don't know. I ju- we've spoken about it before that you, you mentioned about the advert for the heavyweight boxing. I I can't imagine there were that many eyeballs on this at half eleven. You know, getting on for midnight. I just wonder how, if it had been two hours earlier, what how many more people would have bought this just on off the cuff and casual sports fan? I don't think it does the sport any favours. I haven't heard a real compelling argument why this happened still. Um, and it was almost like, you know, Taylor Jonas was sensational. And then that was the main event fight. And it was like, it was just, it was just lacking something. And I think what it is, is Barry's hitting the nail on the head. It's clear that it was just not a top tier heavyweight fight. Um, I'm interested to see where Parker goes from here because obviously he's got a new coach in Andy Lee. She's always got a new coach in Buddy McGirt. So I think there there were sort of, you saw that, that both of them were sort of new ideas or at least they would have had fresh stuff coming in the training camp. So I'm interested to see what happens with Parker and Andy Lee because I think Andy Lee's a great, really great young coach and he's, you know, his stable's good already. He's having a big impact on Tyson Fury's career. Um, so yeah, I mean, at least he won. I mean, if he seven seconds in, he's on he's on the floor. I, it looked like an illegal punch at first, but it wasn't. Seven seconds in, he's on the deck, and you think, oh, this is a disaster. But he rallied, and but you know, who does he fight next? Like where where in this division, where, where does he where does he go? Where where how what's his route back to the world title? Well, I asked Andy Lee the same, and that it's hard. It's it's hard one. It's a hard one to plot because. It's just so sewn up at the top. So that's going to be interesting from that point of view. But I would also think that they don't need to look for world titles. When they're in money like they are now, like Dillian White, for instance, him chasing a world title has got him nowhere. He's earning enough money now not to even chase. It's almost the belts become irrelevant now for the, for these guys. No, you can buy Dillian White again. There you go. This, that's a fight for him. That'll sell yeah. well on pay-per-view because you'll forget about this performance. But, you'll, but they'll they'll ram down the performance of or the or the highlights of of Dillian's performance against Povetkin, which it which in in big pockets was was very impressive, and and also they'll show him getting knocked out, the vulnerability still, no no, and and they'll sell it that way, and I think that's where they go, and then you can you no know, you can just keep recycling you no know, Luis Ortiz who's now. 31 again after he was 54 last week. Now he's 31 this week. And he'll come back into it. He doesn't take drugs anymore. And he's all clean and healthy. And and and, and that's the heavy division. You know, they're a lot unto themselves. There's always, always a fight there. And because Joshua and and, and, and Fury, you know, if they, I don't believe you should be allowed to have a rematch clause when you're boxing for world titles because it holds, it holds the titles up. But that could be two and a half years now. 
that those titles are, 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 are out of reach for most fighters, possibly. Without wanting to bang on about pay-per-view, it seems like we've got to a point where presumably people like Derek Jasora and Joseph Parker, not necessarily singling them out, but in this case, have been convinced that they are worth that money. This is the issue. So when Eddie Hearn says, I think he said in the week, you know, tell me how I could put this card on without it being pay-per-view, how I could pay these fighters, which he's can only mean... Yeah, he's got a point, but the question is is of worth, isn't it? It's like... Yeah, the que- the question is, is was this was this a collection of fights that anyone really wanted to see? Could could it have been spread out and re- you know really was it was it one where you went actually yeah I'm not paying twenty quid because I want to see Eubank Morris I want to see Bivol written and it kind of that was the question and I don't know I think even though I'm sure this would have done poor numbers by pay per view standards, it still would have been fu- like well beyond what they would have earned a normal Sky fight night one hundred percent. So then in that sense, it is worth. It from from everyone's point of view, and if if he's leaving Sky anyway, then you know it's like well, but all this like no, it's only worth it if you'll pay for it. So no, if people wouldn't pay for it, it's not worth it. But that's yeah, I understand that to the to the larger audience, but to a boxing fan, that's not true because I don't want to pay for this. I don't want to pay for anything because I'm tight. <laughs> but, I'm, but but I'm a boxing fan. I can not watch boxing, so yeah, I've got. True. I think. There's very rarely, unless I have, unless I haven't been able to make it for some reason, I have to buy a pay per view. I bought the ITV one with Eubank versus maybe Quinlan, was it maybe? Yep. It was an good. awful pay per view. I bought that, so you know, I might be the only person who did. To be fair, and that was difficult to 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 to, 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 to subscribe to, but I did it. So I still subscribe to Box Nation. I might be the only person who does still subscribe. Mine's to Box still Nation. going, Barry. What? <laughs> Mine's still going, hundred percent. I think it's just yeah. me and you left. Yeah, so you know, but I'm a huge boxing fan, but so we'll pay for it. So they, you know, but the others, maybe if they pay for it, then it's worth it. I understand that. I sort of, you've got to come to terms with stuff like the YouTube fight, and you got you come to terms with things in the end, and you have to make a peace with it. And if if pay per view events keep boxing alive to broadcasters, then we. Know we make a living out of, out of the sport, you know, externally, and and I love boxing. So if it keeps it involved on a major broadcaster, then I can live with it. As horrible as I, I don't really like it deep down. You know, it takes a bit of my soul, but I think it's if if it, without pay per view, I don't think any broadcaster shows boxing, and I don't. That's the truth. So we have to, you know, start doing more ourselves. This all this all just jump on the gravy chain. But on the, on the other hand of that, if you think about it, if you think about the, the number of people who are watching that, it's not a lot compared to what it would be if it was on free-to-air Sky or, you know, subscription, much less terrestrial. But just because there's big eyeballs on it, like remember Channel 5 used to get millions watching, yeah. it actually doesn't translate as big money for anyone. So although we want to grow the sport for fans and to the, to the sport in public, Actually, if nobody's getting paid, it just won't. It can't continue. And you can you can't do what the UFC have done and put a cap on there. Whatever you know, they pay their fighters. You know what they what they they deem their worth. You know they can argue the case they want more because they have nowhere else to go. Theoretically, yeah. there's, other, there's other platforms, but not no, that's that's the one you have to be involved in to be successful. I think I don't really follow it, but <laughs> so I'm talking you know out my back end really. But do, do you know what I mean? But they can't they can't just really set a button, reset button now because boxers know there's money out there and there's other platforms to go. 
and you and there's other ways you can hide with different belts and stuff. So you don't you can grab a hold of it all and say, you're not, this is a false worth. This is what you're really worth. This is what you're going to get from now on. You can't turn around to, to Jordan Dillian White and say, actually, you've been getting these millions, but that fight tonight was really no, you were you were getting two hundred grand each, really. That's what it was worth. That's what it seems to me. You know, in reality, that's a lot of money. But today they would laugh in your face if you told them that nowadays. Yeah. And you can't blame I don't blame the fighters. I don't I don't know who I blame actually, nobody. But you no, know, because if someone's offering you loads of money, you're just gonna say yes. And that and then that becomes your that becomes your fee, of course. You know, that's how that's how it is. I think I think we've taken a turn for the worse here. <laughs> if it's difficult for to talk about Joseph Parker's next opponent, Derek Chisora insists he's not retiring. He doesn't seem to particularly, well, just as well, doesn't seem to particularly want a world title shot. Does he become a gatekeeper at, you know, I don't know, not, not British level, but just sort of just beyond sort of that in-between British and world level? Is that his I future think, now? I think he's got, a, I still think he's got a value to the sport and to this heavyweight division 100% because... Even I wrote in a piece this week, it was nobody was really saying <clears throat> if Chisora loses, he needs to retire. Nobody says that anymore because it's not true. Because you don't have to look at the... By the way, I think he's ranked in one governing body in the top 15. But when you actually look at the heavyweight picture, he's far more dangerous and sort of... He's going to be a harder night than that suggests for anyone. And you could look at the whole... Even someone like Hergovic, I know he's fighting Michael Hunter and that's a great fight. But you know, without that fight, he could box either of those two, and and you would you would watch it and you think he's going to give him a hard night. And if the other guy stops him, that's a big statement. He's one of those guys. And there's so many people I'd still want to see him against. I know Joyce is boxing um, Usyk, but Joe Joyce Dubois, if he comes through a couple of a couple more, you know, it's just he's still going. And you've got you've got to say he's just one of the most successful heavyweights of his generation based on his talent and his defeats and what he's actually, you know, his trophy cabinet, all relative. He's got to be one of the, and you look at his bank balance now and the way that he's, the fans that he has, massive credit to him. And I, I, I yeah, I, I say keep, keep going. Well, it's, you said worry about his health, but it seems fine. But he was finished yeah. in 2012. He was finished in 2014. He was finished again in 2017. He was again finished in 2018. I've never known a fighter like it to just keep constantly reinventing himself. I, I said a while back, years ago, you can just keep recycling a heavyweight until his legs fall off. And I mean, I, that's not that's not figuratively. That's literally until his legs fall off. You can just keep pushing. Heavyweight division is different to all the rest. But I had Derek Chazorn in mind when I when I mentioned that, and I and I said that back in maybe 2014, you know, because he was after he got stopped by Tyson Fury, who boxed southpaw the whole fight and, and boxed him and stopped him, made him retire, or Derek, or I think Don Charles retired him, rightly so, and that was him done. You thought at any decent level, now his paydays are going to reduce, and then he's going to start getting 15, 20 grand a fight, which you know, was good money, I think. But you know, he he would just well not taking that, he would go, but no. He beat a few people, Edmund Gerber, wherever he beat for the European title, and he comes back again and he's reinvented. Oh, no, I think that was the fight that was before. I thought I thought he was finished when he lost to Ajit Kabayo. And then, yeah, exactly. That was 2017. You know, yeah. he, 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 again, the guy just doesn't go away. And, he, and, he's, and, he, and he's poor and he hasn't, and he still can't throw that right hand properly. And if he could, he'd be knocking everyone out. But he, 
he keeps getting those wins, and he and he and he sells a fight outside with his with his attitude because he's so unpredictable. You don't know what he's going to do. Throw a table, pretend to walk out of a of a fight if he doesn't walk first, which is rubbish. But you know, with him, you don't not quite sure. He's slightly unhinged, and that's a that unhinged persona is an attraction to people because you just don't know how he's going to react. Is he going to you know start a fight or 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 say something silly or throw it? You no, know, again, you just don't know what he's going to do and. And then, and, and that's the same in the ring. You don't know, he's going to walk forward, taking punches and do nothing, or is he going to come up, be slick and roll and dip and come back with a lovely left hook and knock you out? I thought, I thought as well, that was one of his better performances. I thought he was good and he was on it the whole time. He, was, yeah. he got he got hit quite a lot, but he made it really hard, and the, the scorecards reflected that. I thought it was one of his. It, it's not like we saw a faded Derek Chisora. Like I'm not really sure how he fades because. Even in the white fight, when he got really badly knocked out, he was ahead for most people, for a lot of people. Yeah. So it's not like it's not like we go, oh, you know, yeah, someone needs to save him, you know, save Chisora for himself. It's not. He's there. He's still he's still hanging in there, and he's still he looked good. He made it a really horrible night for Parker. He, who, Parker wasn't celebrating at the end. He thought he said Andy Lee said there that they thought that they weren't going to get a decision. So <laughs> good on him. Did we think it was the right decision? I've skipped over that part. The motion yes. seemed to take Parker raced yeah. it. Yeah, I had it. Yes, I, I, I thought, yeah. One up because of the knockdown. So two. I think I had three up Parker, actually, me in the end. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought it was the right decision. A close fight, but I thought it was I thought it was a clear winner. Not clear. Uh, and he's uh, the only winner, maybe, for me. I think there was also near unanim, unanim, oh, you, no, no. unanimous. Unanimous. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you, know, you, know, yeah. you know, you know, it's a long night when the boxes um, correct you. Uh, there was a similar feeling after Katie Taylor's win over Natasha Jonas. Uh, I think most people had Katie Taylor just winning that, but you know, I, I, as I said earlier, probably fight of the night. Uh, you know, Natasha Jonas now two two successive world title fights, drew with Teddy Harper, and now just lost to. Uh, Katie Taylor and what was a rematch of their Olympic fight nine years ago what do you take out of that one Barry was it a case of Natasha Jonas excelling again but just falling short Katie Taylor has she not necessarily peaked but is she well yeah has, has she sort of hit a level now yes I think she has peaked to be honest but uh, but she's still good and still good enough to beat everyone else and I think she was the rightful winner tonight I don't think there was a huge it was a close fight but I don't think there was an argument that she didn't win the fight certainly for me anyway um but again Natasha Jonas just you know she just looks like a girl she she might be she might be the female George Groves where it's going to take a four shot four tries to get a world title fight and she's just going to be unlucky in a couple and a couple because a few good fighters in a couple as well but um I thought she won the I thought she won the, the, the last world title fight though it was close but I thought she just nicked it Against against Terry Harper, but tonight I didn't think she did. But she showed plenty of world class quality. I thought it was a fantastic fight. For me, I just thought Taylor when she needed it, and that's certainly the last round. She just found a little bit extra to get it over the line for me. But Taylor Taylor's a really skillful fighter. Who's I said this, and I got slated by a lot of Irish fans, but she don't engage her brain as much as she used to, because for a long time in her career she hasn't had to. She's just gone through, like Joe Carzaghi did for a massive spell in his career, 
just go through your full repertoire of skills and it's always good enough to beat people. And that can be a habit where you've stopped engaging your brain. You just do that. It always works. And she's something, it's not It's not massively notable whether she's slowing down a bit. That's why she's being a little bit more aggressive, I think, because I think she's slowed down a bit. And she's having to she's having to train herself now to use her brain again. Like she had to, you know, as an amateur, where she was just absolutely fantastic. But yeah, perhaps uh, I think you know Jonas pushed her. You know, was patient, kept nice tight defense. A lot of things that you know that can that can that can drive a Katie Taylor mad. And she used everything. She she boxed the right fight to beat Taylor. I just think Taylor just you know found that extra gear to to get herself home. It has been a, a fairly well a very good recovery really from Jonas Declan since yeah. that defeat three years ago. Um, Again, as I said, the bridesmaid again, but I mean, people will talk about this rematch, but it feels like Katie Taylor should really be exploring other options in, in whichever fights she has left. Perhaps the, the Terry Harper rematch more likely for Jonas. Yeah, or if, if Taylor was to go up, say, and box Jessica McCaskill for all the belts up there, um, someone she's already beaten, but, you know, a big sort of women's super fight that one then maybe the the lightweight lightweight belts get fragmented then maybe she vacates them and that is the opportunity where Jonas would win one but I think yeah you're right because it looked like her career was over did she even retire or unofficially sort of walk away from the sport at some point and then she came back and look at anatomy it's a great performance and Barry you're bang on there I think what I don't know I've never seen it so much with Taylor she's been sort of susceptible to do it in the past but I wonder whether it's because obviously she's boxing the southpaw, but she missed a lot. Like the, the the range was just off, and I don't mean swing and miss. I mean just fell short or was reaching a lot, just with straight shots. And it was very strange to see that from someone like Taylor. And I wonder whether it's just because the southpaw and the range wasn't quite there. And that was, I think, it was a frustrating fight. And then she got really, she was clearly really tired as well. What she loves as well is just to have a scrap, which is um, amazing for everyone else and something about women's boxing that seems to do that. And I don't know whether it's because of the short nature of the rounds and the fight itself, only 10 rounds, but you have these spells and these bursts of mad action. And Taylor seems to love that, or at least cannot stay away from that. Um, so I think she's going to have a very interesting rematch against McCaskill when it happens. The Serrano fight as well. Serrano is a big puncher. Um, so I think there's opportunities for Jonas when Taylor explores those to sort of clean up behind her and I guess she could still do super feather as well so I mean I, I can't think of a boxer who's had a renaissance in such a small small time period that Jonas has that's gone from sort of seemingly out of the picture to right back in there and so close to winning two world titles and everyone's talking about her again she you know I saw someone tweet that you know she was going to change her life tonight she didn't change her life so much you know she didn't walk away with the belts but I feel like her life is totally different to how it could have been if she'd just gone, right, that's actually me done. You know, she's got a young daughter and she works and stuff. Could have quite easily walked away, but I think I think she'll get there. I think she will. I think she'll yeah. do a, gro a George Gross. Yeah, me too. I think, yeah, I think she'll, she's definitely going over the line, I think. No, she, mm. she'll get another opportunity. That's the, the only good thing for her for women's boxing is there's more opportunities because there's less... Fighters to fight, of course. So you know, you, exactly. she's at that world level now. I think that's where she stays. So yeah, she get she gets the opportunity, and I think you know, unless she boxed two good kids, 
and, and the and obviously Taylor, not a good kid, the possibly the greatest female boxer there's ever been. So yeah, and good good account of herself. So yeah, she gets over the line and gets a world title in the end. Just touching on another couple of fights, Chris Eubank Jr. took taken the distance by Marcus Morrison. He said uh, that he, he basically chose, I guess, to, to go the distance. He did have spurts. Um, it, <laughs> it did it did feel like at times a bit of a glorified sparring session. I would argue. Are, are we are we seeing any improvement in Chris Eubank Jr. for all his sort of going away and working on himself, changing trainers, promising this, promising that. Have, are we actually seeing any improvement? Well, Roy, Roy Jones has said, I don't want him to box like me, or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. I don't want him to box like me. I just want him to be a better him or something like that. But he, he tried to box like Roy Jones. But you can't box like Roy Jones because he's a one of a kind. And the, the thing with you, Bank, I remember watching, I've done a lot of, I've covered a lot of his early career. And I used to watch him throw combinations and go, wow, they were so snappy and crisp. And you just think, how oh, is he not just heads and not just literally coming off their necks and, and, and knocking people out cold? And he was stopping people, but they, they were just overwhelmed. But then I thought, because he never sets his feet. He throws too many, too fast, doesn't set himself. But now it doesn't look like he punches hard. Where before he looked like he punched hard, but actually didn't actually punch as hard as, as it looked. Now, to me, it didn't look like tonight that he punched that hard. Still hard enough. I'm not saying he can't punch, but didn't look anything. So all those punches he was throwing at Morrison were good shots, but nothing. And, and by the way, on paper, this was a mismatch. We all thought that, let's be honest. It was just a real for Morrison. Why would he not take it? It's a huge, it's a huge chance for him. It was worth a risk, worth a gamble, but it was looked to everyone else like he was going to be out of his league and just played with until he got stopped. Um, however brave and toughy that he is, that's how it looked. But it didn't look like that tonight. And you know, it looked—he's I mean, he, a clear loser, but he never looked really in trouble, to be honest. And 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 I think it exploited for me for the first time, really, the the the, the insufficiencies of, of Eubanks' work, and and that he's nowhere near world level. That was an interim world title fight, whatever that's worth in in this era, but. The fact he's calling out big names is it, on that performance is ludicrous. I'm not saying he can't be better, and you need time to gel with the trainer, of course. But I preferred the Eubank of, of old than this new Eubank. This is this is a personal feeling, Declan. But I I feel like we've we could have said the same thing for I, I don't know what it must, must be going on five years now. And and Eubank's been calling out Golovkin for about five years. Yeah, I just. Listen, the Sirens are talking a good game in terms of this year. They want one more fight in summer uh, and then maybe a big fight at the end of the year. It is just time to try and get him in there with someone because I don't think anybody apart from him genuinely believes he can beat Gennady Golovkin, but we just need to know, right? Yeah, but I do think he has had, apart from a round and 20 seconds against Matt Vey-Korobov, he's had two years since he beat Gale and then nothing's happened. So he's mental ring rust and then also... He hasn't. He's got this new trainer as well, so he's got a totally new setup. So he couldn't come straight back and go into that. So, in that regard, this was a good opportunity and a good shake off. You know, Marcus Morrison was never going to be dangerous, and he managed to get in there, box. You know, try out some things. Looks a bit like like Barry sort of 
intimated that he's sort of in between two stools, this old Eubank, new thing, where are you going to land then? So they're going to have to sort that out. But I think then with that in mind, it's a good thing that they had this bout. And then he'll have another one, which is a sort of mid-tier, and then they'll, they'll have a big one. And I know you're right, we've said this for a long, long time, but that's just the only way you can really slice it and dice it. But I do worry about lack of power is probably wrong, but if you look at the fights he's had, even going back to like the Fedor Tudinov fight where he literally hit him for the whole fight and got nothing back, but it didn't stop him. Um, Nick Blackwell, we all know what happened in that fight, but again, it wasn't a stoppage. If you look, it wasn't a knockout. If you look at his record, Avni Yildrum really is the only one in any sort of tier that he's ever really knocked out. Um, the rest of them are stoppages and stuff, and you wonder how is that going to translate against someone like Golovkin, who literally took Canelo's power for for 24 rounds, no problem. Or Andre, who's so slippery, you can't even catch him, so you might get one opportunity. I just, I cannot for the life of me see how he manages to trouble anyone at that level. Well, I heard um, some, I heard somebody say this week that it's a style that Golovkin would never seen before because you might take it right to him. I don't know. Can't I'm not sure, though, because, because I don't, it's, it's ridiculous. He, he spends so long doing nothing. But even if uh, he did, though, even if he did, what Canelo never took it to him in the second fight. In the second fight, no, it's just like it was a ludicrous statement. But and, yeah. and we just think, I just don't see like. But that's the first time I watched him tonight when he didn't look like he could punch. The, the other times I looked at him and thought, why aren't these kids falling over? It's weird because he looked everything he threw just looked so ferocious, but it's actually not. I think it's because he's on the balls of his feet and doesn't get the heels down to push off the canvas a bit. And uh, like I used to do, because I could punch really, not not really, but I was, but I was always on the balls of my feet. So you know, I I never know, but I could, I know I couldn't. That's why I didn't try it. But he could have more power if he just slowed down a bit. But tonight, it didn't look like he had power. That was a big, that was a big thing that I noticed over before. Before he looked like he could punch, but it wasn't translating to guys falling over. But tonight, it didn't look like he could punch. It just looked like he had real fast hands and a good work ethic when he decides to work. That's the thing. He was a busy fighter back before. He, yeah. he would pick his spots. He'd walk around, but actually, most of the round, he would be, be throwing lots of punches. Now, he's more... You know, Roy Jones didn't do lots of work. When he did, he didn't need to do lots of work. But when he threw four punches, you were, that was the end of the fight. But, you know, you can't box that way, I'm afraid, unless you're, yeah. unless you're a, real, a real gift. And if, Golov if Golovkin is the, the main target, which, he, you know, they've all spoken up, then... You've got no, the, you know, the one thing you have to do against Golovkin, even if he is 37 or whatever, is you have to have enough power to keep him off, to keep him, make him go, okay, I can't just do what I want. And that's obviously, he's going to think, I can do whatever I want. It's not enough power because he, he got arguably the best chin in boxing, Golovkin, yeah. still. I know at some, at some point, all oh, that's going to fade with age. You know, you can't, can't sustain anything forever, but you have to be busy. I think you have to be super busy if you can't. If you haven't got the if you haven't got the granite chin of those men, you can just take a good shot. So, but if, unless you've got the granite chin of another Canelo, then you've got to be super busy, and your legs got to be as active as 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 Sonny Edwards was the other night. You know, you have to be like that sort of fight. I think you have to just keep away from him and dance and spin and turn and run, throw lots of punches and 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 hope he doesn't catch you. That's all. Summed up my career there really quickly. It was nice. <laughs> Speaking of Sonny Edwards, that was of course on Friday night. 
a really fantastic performance to Aww. dethrone Maruti Mathalane, the IBF flyweight world champion. You know what? I was I don't know what it felt like for, for Sonny Edwards, but I was exhausted just watching him. The way he, he moved for those 12 rounds. One of those fights where you sort of thought, all right, he's going to slow down, he's going to get to him. But really, I don't know how many people watched that fight, Barry. I suspect not enough uh, to just, you know, given how good it was, but it really was first class. He was just brilliant. He really was. Like, he's a real confident kid. He's a cocky kid and confident, but you can see why. Because, you know, and he brings our confidence into the ring. Whatever. This is a big step up for him, mind. A huge, a huge step up in levels. The guy might be, a, you know, an older, an older champion, but he's still undefeated. You know, there was no signs of wear and tear, really. And, and you can say stylistically, you suited for Sonny. But you can say that with everybody. Stylistically, he's suited for Sonny because he doesn't keep still. But, he, but again, he punches hard enough. And I always say that about myself. I can punch, but I punch hard enough to stop you from walking through me. And that's, and for a lighter weight, that's massively important. But it's, there's constantly, the way he changes direction, the way he switches stance is just effortless. That you almost don't even notice. He, he doesn't notice he's doing it, but we don't notice he's doing it. That's how good he is. He, just, he, showed, he, had, he showed a big blister on his foot. And I messaged him and said, my my first twelve rounder, of how much I moved, my my socks were covered in blood, and that's what it's like for when you when you're a mover. If you don't have damage to your feet, it's not your hands. It's punches have damage to their hands. Us run away, fight for another day, kind of fighters. It's the feet that do all the damage, like the blisters and they burst, and your socks are covered in. And yeah, Sonny's foot, I, I presume it was his left foot when he's pivoting, was like a massive blister, and black and blue his toes were. And that's how hard he works. So he makes it look easy, but actually he's constantly moving, constantly thinking, and he never allows you to set yourself. So he's in against a puncher, but he takes his feet, his footwork, sublime footwork, takes all that power away. And he was just perfect. I thought he was perfect in every sense. It was just a brilliant performance. It's not one for the for the armchair fan, of course, because he didn't go in there throwing bombs and you no, know, there was no life and death situations and you no. Know, but he was just sublime. For me, I could have watched that every day of the week. He was just beautiful to watch. And I love him. He's the ugliest man on the planet. But he was beautiful on Friday night. He was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> well, at least he's at least he's ditched the, the pigtails. Which <laughs> Bring him somewhat. back. Bring him back for his first defense. Uh, there are world title victories and there are world title victories, Declan. That was a world title victory. That was one of the best in terms of when you think about, like for me, for instance, I put in Boxing News, it was the panel, what's going to happen? And I said, I thought, I thought Murati was going to beat him. I thought he knew to, know too much for him, even though he was faded and out of the ring for so much. But it was just a, like, we say masterclass too often, but it was a lesson for an old experienced guy. He gave him a lesson in moving around and winning a boxing match. It was like, I'm the same Barry. I love that. I love that sort of fight. And, uh, I mean, it wasn't one of the big, big shocks, but in terms of how to win a world title, it doesn't really get much better than that. And it's an old established champion with like not knockouts of people like Zelana Tete on his record. And, you know, he's been there and done it. Overlooked world champion, proper world champion, turns up with a proper belt. And he just, he just absolutely schools him over 12 rounds. It's just sensational. And, Sonny deserves it. It's the same as Charlie deserves it. You know, they those two they literally dedicated everything, their whole lives to the sport together. And you've seen that old picture on the pads. It's amazing. 
Sonny looks about three holding pads for Charlie in the back. And then Jam- um, Herring po- posted a picture from the London Olympics that Sonny had carried out the sign. It's just, mate, this kid is just, he lives and breathes boxing. He always has. And yeah, I was more than happy to get that one wrong because, uh, yeah, he deserved it. And I mean, you look at the division though, it ain't, it's not easy, is it? Look at the, you know, what the, look at the unification opportunities. It's going to be, but, you know, he's going to back himself to do it. And I'd love to see him try against Martinez and people like that. He can always move up in weight because that's still super flyweight. It's a rubbish. He wouldn't care. He would no, fancy he wouldn't. It. He would fancy it. He'd go, I don't know. Who, he'd probably go, I don't know who Gonzalez is. No, he'd be one of those who he is. He would shoot another spot. But I mean, he would fancy himself against anyone. Now, we wouldn't fancy him against those guys, of course. But with his style, he's a nightmare. And it was. It wasn't the same sort of performance, of course, and an audience. But it was very similar to McGuigan versus Pedroza. You know, the guy, yeah. Pedroza, was at the end of his career, but he was fought in defences. He was a, just a, one of the best featherweight champions he's ever been. And Barry on the night was just fantastic. No, he was just flawless in his display. No one was going to beat him that night. And and, and there was a pass in the bat. And I think that was, and it was the same sort of scenario there for Sonny in a totally different way, of course. But, you know, and not that, and I'm not saying that that guy was as good as Pedroza, but he was a long standing champion who, who deserves respect. And Sonny went in there and, and, and just, you, could just, you could just tell after the first couple of rounds, it was his night. No one was going to beat him. It was just a display of, of just pure excellence. Just a very quick word, Declan, on Craig Richards. Lost little, if nothing, in defeat to Dimitri Bivol. I assume he is a, a free agent. Uh, and once again, light heavyweight domestically, Joshua Boazzi. Of course, the other ones, uh, Anthony Yard is there on, on, on the other side. Such good fights for him to be made to be made for him. I'd, I'd love to see him in any of them. He's still British champion, isn't he? So I'd love to see him against any of those guys. It's what, you know, he, he, he lost nothing in that defeat. I don't think Bivol. Like, I think Bivol is one of maybe the most underrated boxer in the world at the moment. I didn't think he looked great, um, and I don't know if he maybe wasn't up for it. He was obviously rusty. Um, and Richards was just like really. He does everything well, doesn't he? And and people. I mean, everyone wrote him off, and rightly so. He lost pretty wide in the end. It was one of those ones that Barry said, you know, you can have a close fight that's close, but it's still not close on the cards because one guy wins every round. Every round's competitive. And yeah, I mean, going out there, everyone thought he'd go out there and get knocked out by his big, big murderous puncher in Bivol, and he didn't. And yeah, you're right in saying that. I would love to see him against Anthony Yard, you know, Lyndon Arthur, Joshua Boatsy, Callum's, any of them. I, I think Richards would be, it's a good fight. He would be a good fight for every single one of them. Indeed, on that note, we will end next weekend. The action switches to Dallas. Billy Joe Saunders Ooh. takes on Canelo Alvarez in a mouth-watering, let's call it, super middleweight. Hold on, hold on. Before we, before we go, before we go, boys, can we get a prediction on that? I know we don't really do predictions quickly before we go. Is that allowed? Yeah, of course. Go on, Barry. Canelo points. Yeah, for- I think for, oh. Canelo, Canelo for me, yeah. And I, I, would, I would say points because I think he'd be patient and, and, and not try and rush it. And I don't think Billy would engage enough for him to get a conclusive stop with Canelo. I, I think it's. I think Billy's brilliant on his day, but this is a step up that he's never been before. I mean, and yeah, I, I'll babble on. So yeah, Canelo. Okay. Points. Interesting. 
Come I on, then. To, you can't say I, interesting. I, see, see, I, it's, I it's my prediction. Is it okay? That's fine. I think no, the thing is, I think I think it, it'll be Canelo UD as well, but it's going to be. I think only because I don't think Saunders is going to get a decision. I think it's a fight that Canelo's not going to look good in, and uh, everyone's going to scream about. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Don't give me all that. You won't get a decision stuff again. No, that that you can you can predict you can okay. predict the fight though with that in mind. I don't I don't have a fight with you because you're you're about seven foot two, but I know you're skinny. <laughs> and I, I know, but what I'm saying is you can't you can't judge as, as a, doing your job. You can't predict the fight. You won't get a decision because like you no, just go. What I mean. What I mean is, it'll be. A, I think it'll be a close fight. I think it'll be a close, close fight. In and there'll be rounds that could go either way. And Saunders has got no chance of winning that sort of a fight. And he he ain't going to stop Canelo, so he's not well, winning. Well, well, if he, if he believes that, then you have to find a different way. You know, I I think you know that's that's understandable because and is it he won't fight? He won't win that. He won't win those. This is getting serious. He won't win those rounds because the judge is going to favour Canelo, or because. Yeah. Canelo's the aggressor, so and 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 in a round like that, maybe he should be getting the benefit of the doubt. I'm not saying that, but that's theoretically all because yeah. judges favor with Canelo because he's no, no. I think they'll favor Canelo because he'll be the one that appears to be pressing the action. Yeah, it'd be, well, it'd be pressing so you action. have to go. You have to read the rules of all of all. Yeah, organization score fights. That's what they need to do, and the criteria because they all have it in their in their manual. They have it for the judges. They have a criteria. Of what they look for for scoring fights. So if they look at that, do your due diligence. I wouldn't do this, but maybe, and then taper your your tactics towards that. Very I'm not true. telling. I'm not telling Mark Tim to do his job, like because he's a fantastic trainer. But you know, that's I can't see you go in and say, "Oh, everyone's going to be close," but I'm not going to get it. I but genuinely, I genuinely believe that we will see the best Billy Joe Saunders we've ever seen. Do you? I just don't, yeah, I really do. I don't see what you. I don't see what like Billy's brilliant. I like this. I, I was at, I was at his greatest night against Lemieux. He was just yeah, same. And I've covered most of his career, but I can't see how with all the inactivity and and don't go. And if people go back to Canelo versus Lara, which I understand because it's a South Road, it was tricky. It was it was not not even too far. We have to go back to Billy Joe Saunders versus um, that fella in Stevenage. Can't remember yeah. his name. Where he got wobbled and hurt in one row. It's Sufi, whatever he was. No, he was just, but him, where he got hurt in one round, he got wobbled and hurt. He won the fight clearly, but I said, no, we're picking, we want to like get a proper balance. Then he got hurt against a guy there who, who no, no disrespect to that man, shouldn't even be in the ring with him. So if we take that, you can call Akov, Akovov, or whatever his name was, where Billy was, I thought he won, but a lot of people thought he didn't. On that night, you pick those two, and they're more significant than Canelo versus Lara. For me, I I, I do believe that. I agree because you know, he's a totally different fighter. Is Billy a different fighter from then? And the inactivity, and when it, his greatest night was 2017 December 2017. That was his greatest night when he looked beautiful. Like. No, he looked fantastic. I, I, he was just, I was, it was one of the best displays of pure boxing I've seen. So, you know, I, I think you, have, I think, you know, we're all fantasizing about Billy. Is Billy the same fighter? No, uh, you've got to say that. And, but can Canelo sustain this quality of level? Exactly. And, and if you, if you look at his wins, if you look at his wins, that is real showpiece wins, they've been guys who stand in front of him. All, all I, all I think is that next week's show is going to be more interesting than what we might 
be thinking. I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be special in some way. Yeah, I, just, I, I don't, I don't doubt Billy's. I think Billy's, though, uh, his heart's bigger than his chest. I think his boxing ability is sublime. But I just think Canelo has all that natural timing. You know, he's boxed at a higher level, and this is not. This is not a. It might be a, an awkward style for him. But this is not a step up for Canelo, mm. but it's a step up for Billy. I'm not saying Billy can't do it, and I hope he can. I really, no, I genuinely want to want Billy to win. I'd love Billy to win. I, 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 and I'm no bones about that. But I have to take that out of the equation and think who I think is going to win. And I, and what we've seen. I can't see you can't I can't see or you can go with anyone but Canelo for what you've seen because you're just going on possibility and hope. Yeah. You no, know, you've asked for this now. You open you open this can of worm, my friend. That's why I did it. That's why <laughs> you I take, did it. You take it back. Billy won't get it. Billy won't win because he's gonna get robbed by the judges. Well, that's the end of your career now. You you that's <laughs> you. You've said that now. You didn't well, say that. No, you've said that now. I made it public. That's well, what let's, you said. Uh, yeah, let's reconvene next weekend. Well, we will. That's, that's, <laughs> that's our job. So yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't want to punch it, so I'm all right. To me, I get it. I get it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> we will indeed be back next week. It won't even be much later than it is now. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in. As I said, join us next weekend. Canelo, Billy Joe Saunders, the next big one. <laughs>